You know, I think it's a lot more complex than that because look, I've been in this business long enough to see that a lot of transactions, and I'm not saying the, the lack of home transaction is one of these, are not always good, right? There's a lot mm -hmm. of transactions, especially on the, on the trader side where you hear about a trader being acquired. A trader was typically, technically bailed out or salvaged yeah. from liquidation through a transaction. The, the press release reads a lot nicer. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case with La Colombe, obviously, but we always have to look two or three layers deeper, right? Because mm -hmm. I wouldn't ask myself, well, wow, is coffee so great that all of a sudden you can build a brand at $900 million? Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Maple Ford, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode one of a brand new five-part series, our second series for 2024. And joining me is returning guest, Martin Mayorga. Martin, welcome back to the podcast for the second time. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure. We're going to have a very interesting conversation about the state of the coffee industry in 2024. And it is, for lack of a better term, um, well, I'll say it the way that I would normally say it, it's, it's looking to be quite the clusterfuck. So uh, we have had some interesting articles and some interesting things come out over the last few months. It is something that we've been talking about on this podcast for a couple of years. So uh, there is the only person that I want to have this conversation with is you. Folks, before we dive into this conversation, I want to ask you a favor. I want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to, if you can, engage on the videos as well as on social media for this content. Why? Because the, this series in particular is very important. It is very important that we get this information out into the industry. And so we need you to help the algorithm push this content even further. So share this series with your friends, either whether you listen to it on podcast listening apps or you listen to it on uh, YouTube. Um, if you're going to be at World of Coffee in Dubai, this is also going to be a topic of discussion that we're going to have live on the podcast. Today, Martin, as we talk about the general state of the coffee supply chain, I would like to invite you to give us your perspective as somebody who I deeply respect and hands down, you were the most beloved series on the podcast in 2023, easily, by a long shot. Um, you were a breath of fresh air for a lot of people. The truth that you spoke and the openness with which you spoke on this podcast in 2023 was something that people really saw themselves in. So first of all, I want to really thank you for doing that. And it's why I've invited you back for this particular series. So thank you. And I would love for you to give us an understanding of the state of the coffee supply chain as of the end of 2023. Okay. Well, first of all, I appreciate the comments and, uh, you know, the positive feedback. It's always nice to hear. I think mm -hmm. um, how I came into the coffee industry has kind of always made me an outsider to the coffee industry. Mm -hmm. And I personally don't feel like I'm part of the coffee industry for multiple reasons. But, um, you know, I think we are coming into the end of a hectic year, you know, and I think yeah. we're coming into a year where, look, I think one of the things I've learned is uh, big money likes volatility and likes momentum, you know, oh. so a stable market of any means meaning whether it's interest rates or currency exchanges or whatever it might be that's not where money's made right money's made in in the wild swings uh you know a lot of the very very wealthy billionaires are created 
during hard times and depressions and good times and, you know, big bubbles. So I think understanding that we're basically, I think in the beginning of a pretty heavy downturn, um, it's important to note that. I think it's important to understand that in any industry that you're in, you can't just think about what industry you're in. You have to think about the economy you're in and the time frame of history that you're in. I think it's it's so much more global. Um, obviously in coffee, it makes sense that it will be global because we deal with a very global trade. And mm-hmm. But I think it's beyond that. I think as business owners, and this is a concern I have with the current you know, mentality of entrepreneurship, is people think it's just, you know, buy at X, sell at Y, make, make a margin and move forward. And I think we need to understand our place, not only as a business, but as an industry within a global economy, which in 2023 is the reality. You know, when I started this in 1995 and I was bringing coffee from Nicaragua and I was just a dumb kid thinking I was... Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. You know, doing something nice for a family friend and making a little money, it was a lot more simple. But I think we have a globalized economy where competition is global now. Right. Mm. I mean, I'm in the U.S. market. I can only speak to my experience within the U.S. market, but I'm competing with companies from all around the world now where 15 Mm. years ago, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. So I think as a business owner, whether you're in coffee or selling mugs, whatever you're doing, you have to understand the global perspective and the global reality. And you have to do your best to train yourself to understand the variables and then the patterns so that you can be best prepared for what's coming, you know, and I guess the example I would give too is just yesterday I went and I got blood drawn every six Mm -hmm. months, I get my blood drawn and I have markers that I make sure I follow with, whether it's my cholesterol or my, and I actually put it in spreadsheets. I'm I'm kind of a spreadsheet nerd. So, but that's for me and my physical, personal kind of, um, you have to do that for your business. Right. And Mm -hmm. the problem with your business is just like your body, you know, I do my blood work. Well, what, what affects it? What I put into it and things that from the outside become internal. Same thing with your business. And if you don't understand the external, it's very hard to properly manage the internal. Um, so I think, you know, words that we hear in passing, whether it's inflation or interest rates, I think we have to really understand how that affects us as individual businesses so that we can have a chance of making the right decisions at the right time. Now, we have had two big pieces of news recently. Both mm-hmm. are on either ends of the spectrum when it comes to sort of the economics of our industry. And I'm I'm going to present them in a way so that people can understand why we're in such an interesting time. One piece of news was that Mercon, a green coffee trader, had been uh, has gone into Chapter 11 bankruptcy. On the other side, we have a story that La Colombe was bought for $900 million. Those two stories coming out at the same time is really causing some interesting behaviour in the market. You see those people who have a tendency towards uh, you know, toxic positivity looking at something like what's going on with La Colombe and saying everything's going to be fine. 
And then on the other side of things, we have what I think is the reality of the situation where a bloodbath has started and it's been building and Mercon is one indicator of what's to come. Where do you think it sits? You know, I think it's a lot more complex than that because look, I've been in this business long enough to see that a lot of transactions, and I'm not saying the, the lack of home transaction is one of these, are not always good, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of transactions, especially on the, on the trader side where you hear about a trader being acquired. A trader was typically technically bailed out or salvaged from liquidation through a transaction. The, the press release reads a lot nicer. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case with Lachlome, obviously, but we always have to look two or three layers deeper, right? Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't ask myself, well, wow, is coffee so great that all of a sudden you can build a brand at $900 million? First, let's recognize Lecolome's been around for over 25 years. So mm-hmm. they didn't do this overnight. Uh, they found a niche in the cold brew world and they really stuck with it and built it. And, you know, they raised uh, VC money to get there, right? So they got very business-minded people who said, well, this is a business. Let's operate it as such and scale it. An exit, which is a typical VC mentality. And then I would ask myself questions like, well, what's the deal with your body? Why are they looking to buy market share in coffee? Is there something going on in your, I mean, everything has layers, right? So I think it's very intelligent to look through, not just wow, La Colombe sold for 900 million. Why is a yogurt company buying a coffee uh, company? Why, you know, is there a need to diversify and grow market share because their main product is capped out or you know, everything has a secondary and tertiary story. And so I think it's important to look at those things. You know, I think on the trader side, it's different in the fact that, look, you have traders as massive as they are, they operate on thin margins at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Why, in my opinion, because they run bloated, old, you know, antiquated models where they require a lot of people and they work off a of Delta, which is. How much can I buy at? How much can I sell at? How much mm-hmm. can I borrow at? How much can I lo- loan at? Well, when you're a trader and some of these guys live off 3% net income, you know, up to eight or nine, and you've been borrowing at 3%, that's great. You can make money if you loan at six, 7%, but your interest rates in the last three years from 2020 to 2023, have gone from three to nine, 10%. Mm-hmm. So think about it. Your main ability to make your money, which is the delta of what you loan versus what you borrow against, just triple. And that tripling was 6% of an increase and your margins typically to the bottom line are two to 5%, maybe two to 6%. Mm -hmm. So just the interest rate increased higher than your bottom line typically is. So I think that's happening a lot. I think, um, again, nothing is, is in a vacuum. So you have a market that's been very unpredictable and volatile. I mean, just last two weeks, we've had days where we have a 10 cent swing. Mm. So a lot of people, that's not a big deal. That's massive. You know, and just to put mm. it in perspective, one contract is about 42,000 pounds, 10 cents. And that's about as a container of coffee, 10 cents is $4,200. Well, if you're a big trader, you're moving thousands of containers, thousands. So $4,200 times thousands of, you know, and you're already fixed. And, and there's so much more when a lot of these traders work with clients that they, you know, they sell their copy to on a futures basis. They also give them pricing on shipping and insurance and all that gets locked in and the grocer knows, okay, when I get my coffee in March, it's going to come in at this price. Well, shipping rates will go up and interest will go, I mean, uh, 
insurance will go up. And so there's a lot of, you know, lack of predictability in the trader side. And unfortunately, sometimes the pendulum swings the wrong way for people. And if you're levered out with debt, that's it, you know, and I think we saw it happening with Mercon. And, you know, what I think people don't realize is, you know, there's this mindset of, well, it's just another trader who cares, you know, frankly, I think. It's a little callous to think that, but you know, I've heard that a lot. And, you know, I always say, well, people work for these traders and they feed their families working for them, whether you believe in their model or not, but more importantly, or just as importantly, we just had somebody completely disappear out of the market. Mm -hmm. And what does that do? It leaves producers less options mm -hmm. and options are the road to freedom for producers, realistic viable options, whether we like them or not. Now there's less options. So now the other uh, traders that like to make money by buying low and selling higher, they see more opportunity because mm -hmm. now you have farmers that are basically desperate. So I think, you know, it's always, it's never the thing we see on the front end. It's always like the, the repercussions that people don't talk about, think about until it's just smacking them in the face. And I think we're seeing those things, um, you know, kind of massive international roasting company that just had to sell a majority share to avoid bankruptcy. Uh, we've had, you know, there's been a lot of things we've seen traders being bought and acquired because they were so indebted. Uh, it's just, there's a lot of things going on. And I think we have to really be aware of the lay of the land in order to, and it's not only survive. I think this is where you can succeed if you know what, where the chips are. Oh, you can make a lot of money in the next couple of years. If you know what you're doing, you really exactly. can't. So throughout this series, we're going to have a look at the impact from the perspective of four different parts of the supply chain. In each of the episodes, first, we're going to take a look at from the perspective of the producer, then from the perspective of the exporter, the trader, the importer, and then we're going to take a look at it from the perspective of the roaster and the cafe owner. And then the final episode, we're going to take a look at things from the perspective of the consumer. So it's January when this is airing. Uh, we are recording this at the end of December, right at the end of December. And I have this feeling like anything could happen from now until the time that this series comes out in three weeks from now. So just to be clear, we are recording this and it's still the end of 2023. If anything happens in the first two weeks, we won't have covered it when this happens. And given the state of the global economy, and geopolitics, I wouldn't be surprised. But join us in the next episode, folks, and we're going to talk about the impact of the, everything that's going on from the perspective of the producer. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Mapper Forward, head to mapperforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.